Blog Talk Radio. I guess it helps. I guess it helps if I turn on the mic, right? Let's start this Saturday off. I tell you what the problem is: my coffee pot must be on the fritz because uh, it's not brewing coffee, so everything gets jacked up. My name is John Mark Wassell, President Day. Welcome to the Balance. We do this thing called the Balance every Saturday morning. I am your leader. I am your host over the next two hours. I will guide you through this crazy world of sports. And guess what? We can officially say that the NFL is back. I know it's preseason. You know what? Don't educate me and tell me what preseason is. And it doesn't mean anything. And blah, blah, blah. Doesn't really matter. No, it didn't. The Hall of Fame game on Thursday against the Broncos and the Falcons and the Broncos won. Didn't mean anything, although it is kind of cool that the way they got that set up there in Canton, Ohio. If you've never been to Canton, Ohio, I encourage you to go there, but it is back. It is back, and we are back talking uh, NFL as well. College football will dip our toes into that a little bit today as well. Matt Hicks joins us. First of all, Matthew Embry, our uh, official IndyCar contributor, will join us here. Breaking down the last heap. We're on the final stretch of IndyCar 2019. And Matt Hicks joins us and talks some Colts camp. And just we're getting our our stuff all stirred up for the uh, NFL. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. And our official NFL contributor joins us. And... Mo for the BS Sports Show. Stand by in the Balance Green Room is Matthew Embry. We'll be right back, right here on the Balance Radio Network. The 
Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Simba Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? All right, and welcome back to the balance. Let's get things kicked off. Standing by with us right now is Matthew Embry, WSBT up in South Bend, official IndyCar contributor. How is you, sir? Can't believe my Saints wasted all that money on Michael Thomas, and I can't believe that Melvin Gordon is being 
as difficult on my Chargers as he is right now. I got to say, uh, if the work stoppage happens for the NFL uh, next year, I'm definitely blaming the players for this one because they are demanding way too much money. And because of that, the owners have no choice but to penalize uh, the fans uh, for those greedy players. So, uh, you know, where my sentiments are going to be, if we do have a work stoppage, like it sounds like we're going to have in 2020. We'll see what happens. That's for sure. Yeah. Mike Thomas uh, becomes the highest paid wide receiver in NFL history. And yes, uh, we are, are getting back into the NFL talk. And, and I know we got some IndyCar to talk about, but uh, I hate to say it, but it's secondary. I mean, NFL is back. Yeah. Mike Thomas, hundred million dollars guaranteed over the next, I mean, hundred million dollars over the next five years, 65 million of that is guaranteed which means no matter what happens, he's going to get paid. Going to get paid. What? But, it, you know, he, he, here's the thing. I, I uh, have a friend who collects baseball cards. He's got some, some of the top baseball cards around. And I said, do you know how much these are worth? He goes, no, actually, they're not worth anything because I'm not going to sell them. So it's really whatever someone's willing to pay. So if the Saints – are willing to pay Mike Thomas that kind of sick money? Maybe he's worth it. I don't know. That establishes your worth. Uh, what what someone's uh, willing to pay? We'll certainly get into that uh, more of the NFL conversation here in a moment. But let's get into some IndyCar. We've got a handful of races left. We are down to the final stretch. It's hard to believe that IndyCar season goes by so fast. No pun intended. But I mean. Last week in uh, Ohio, we saw really, and, and we saw it in NASCAR too. I honestly, I, I told everybody that I knew. I said, if you're not a race fan and or and you didn't watch this weekend, you really miss racing on both on both fronts, uh, NASCAR and IndyCar for that matter. Not all fronts, but just NASCAR and IndyCar. You had uh, Denny Hamlin and Eric Jones racing for the finish. Uh, to uh, to uh, uh, both teammates there, and then in IndyCar you had Scott Dixon and uh, Felix uh, r- r- racing for it. And I tell you what, Scott Dixon almost lost it to Felix r- r- Rosenthal. Uh, so, wow, exciting! What are your thoughts? Give us a recap about Columbus, sir. Well, that was a big result for Rosenquist. He badly needed that. I think right now he's headed in the same danger zone as Ed Jones is as far as being able to keep his ride at Ganassi. Uh, you know, Ganassi's taken a gamble on some limited experience drivers the last couple of years, and it's kind of, it hasn't quite worked out for him. I think Rosenquist will get another chance but uh, for 2020. But I think you look at the scenarios right now with silly season ahead, uh, I think pretty much everything is wrapped up. I think the only question that I have is, does Zach Beach keep his right hand ready? Uh, he's had some top ten results in the last few weeks, but I'm not sure, even though he's got a big sponsor in Gamebridge, I don't know if that's going to be enough for him to keep his seat when you've got uh, situations, possibly McLaren, possibly courting a Colton hurt at this point. Um, you have potentially uh, – the team testing uh, their Indian lifestyle ride Norman. Uh, Linus DK has been a name that's been a hot topic about possibilities. And then, of course, uh, if Oliver Askew uh, wins the Indy Lights championship, he gets that scholarship advancement. 
So uh, I think right now, if you're looking at uh, the big rides right now with uh, silly season ahead, it's not going to be as wild as it was last year. But I think the guy right now that I think is on the hot seat, if there is one about the big three, it's got to be Zach Beach. Well, you know, and I was just thinking about that earlier this week. And, and that's unfortunate because Zach has, has put forth a valiant effort, but that just goes to show that uh, anything can, can change on a dime. Now, of course, we're just predicting at this point. But that's, a, that's, a, that's a pretty uh, pretty good prediction. Obviously, one thing that we were talking about that we won't be talking about, and that is uh, uh, Alexander Rossi uh, re-signing a deal with Andretti. And we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago that, it, that is the only makes sense way. Even though Roger Pinsky is Roger Pinsky, uh, the only makes sense way was that, especially since Simon Padajon won the Indianapolis 500. Thoughts on Alexander Rossi's new contract with the Andretti team? I think that was just a posturing move because, I mean, I just don't think Pinsky is keen on running four cars full-time again. Uh, you saw when they ran five uh, the last time in Indianapolis and they had an absolute uh, – clunker of a month so i don't know if that's just stretching themselves out too far i think at least the captain may be thinking that um i mean pagino if if he hadn't won the indy 500 i think that would have made sense possibly rossi replacing pagino but uh it just doesn't make sense now that pagino i think has found his feet again at this point and uh beyond that uh, you look at the small entries and uh i think the big question is do we see mclaren uh recommit to a full run with possibly a Colton Herta, and if that's the case, uh, does uh, George Steinbrenner the fourth and Mike Harding look for another uh, young gun? Uh, obviously, like I said, those uh, Indy Lights veterans are looking good. Uh, another name that's been popping up, uh, Philip Nasser, the driver for Axe Express Racing on the IMSA circuit, has been another name mentioned. So uh, the thing is right now, the question is, uh, are we going to see more of a commitment from some teams like Dragon Speed possibly going into a full-time run, maybe Shank going to a full-time run? So there's a lot of unanswered questions, I think, for the smaller organizations uh, of the sport. But uh, the thing that I think right now uh, is my biggest concern is uh, when we get to this hybridized system in 2022, uh, which team right. are going to be able to afford it? Because that's going to be a massive raising cost. and. At this point, I only see six teams that can afford it right now, and that's my biggest concern. I mean, Marshall Pruitt says, yeah, the manufacturers are going to back it, but the question is, can the teams afford it? No, absolutely. And, and we'll, you know, I want let's go ahead and go there, because I had that on my notes to talk about, and you mentioned it. So let's go ahead and explain uh, to our listeners who may or may not know what you're talking about as far as the hybrid uh, system goes. I mean, it's – pretty complex, pretty expensive, uh, pretty technical uh, thing going on. Uh, but I think it's important that our listeners understand what it is. Go ahead and kind of uh, dumb it down for us, if you will. Well, it's similar to that curve system, that energy reserve system that's in the Formula One series right now. And unfortunately, that's raised the cost there. So you have to think that it would raise the cost somewhat. Uh, if any car applies it, and I've heard uh, IMSA being able to apply it possibly as well, but unlike IMSA, where most of the teams are supported directly by the manufacturer, IndyCar is not like that, and I, I just don't think uh, it's going to be effective unless you could find a way to really slash the costs uh, for the teams. I mean, 
even with the non hybrids I mean, you still have uh, teams like Hoon Coast that are struggling for funding. Uh, Dryer and Reinbold still is committed to Indy only. And uh, if you're trying to bring in, you know, new teams like Clawson Marshall and some of these other teams, uh, Moto Gator, a few of these other teams as well, uh, bringing in a system is going to raise the cost significantly. I don't know if that's the way to keep them on board. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, let me ask you this, and this is just a, a, a general question because I don't really know the answer, but it seems like NASCAR does their own thing. They, 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 I mean, maybe safety and some other things, they, they, uh, they copy and, and look at other racing series and what's working for them. But it seems like NASCAR is doing their own thing. But it seems like IndyCar, and, I, and I've felt this way for a long time, even going back to when it was separated to the kart season, it seems like they're the little brother, if you will, of Formula One, and they want to be like Formula One. I, I don't know that I'm a, a big – I know they're both open-wheel racing, but don't you think that – Formula One tries to I mean, IndyCar tries to, to do what Formula One does. Right. And that's what partly led to the split. IndyCar, USAC saw the sport going in a direction closer to F1 with foreign drivers, et cetera, and higher costs that they did not want to go into. So that's was the thing of the split. And I don't think you're going to see a split this time around because IndyCar is totally behind it. But, uh, I just don't know if uh, some of these small car owners are going to be willing to back uh, a situation like this uh, where their costs, I mean, sponsorship's tough enough to find as it is. Uh, I don't know if the sponsors are going to be keen on spending even the extra dollars for these hybrid programs because that's where a majority of that money is going to be coming from is sponsorship. And uh, I don't know if uh, the price tag, I mean, it's tough enough to get sponsors to run the full slate right now. But when that price tag goes up and they have to foot an extra bill, I don't know if they're going to be willing to, you know, continually back that and support that. That's my biggest concern right now is bringing the sponsors that are not tied to the manufacturer and getting them on board to where they want to stick with this because the costs are going to go up on them as well. You know, uh, more than half of the top 10 in standings with IndyCar have, have not had a win this season. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, James Finscliffe, Will Power, uh, Ryan hunter Ray, uh, Graham Rahal, Felix Rogozvez, James Finscliffe, uh, Sebastian Bourdais, although Bourdais 11th, haven't had a win. The most wins of the drivers this year is Joseph Newgarden with Penske. <sighs> I I mean I don't like to be that guy that prematurely crowns the on anybody it doesn't really matter who it is but I mean but he's only had one pole uh but he he's had four wins and you got Alexander Rossi with two Simon Patijan with three and um Scott Dixon with two and Tomoko Soto with uh one in the top 10 just Newgarden seems like at this point, it's his to win or his to lose, either which way you look at it. Well, that's a good way to put it, I would say, right now. But like I said, uh, all it takes is one bad result, uh, a last-place finish here and there, and he's right back in the danger zone again. So it's not cut and dry yet, but as long as he keeps up his consistency, it's going to be very hard for Rossi, Dixon, and who's behind him. I think it chase him down. 
but uh, it's not, uh, I would say, to a point where it's uh, in the bank just yet. Well, your top ten is uh, Duke Garden, Rossi, uh, Paddy John, uh, Dixon, Will Power, Ryan, Ryan Hunter Ray, um, Ryan Hunter Ray, uh, Soto, Graham Rahal, Felix, and James Hinchcliffe. Those are all your top tens, and 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 the gap between Rossi and and Dixon is uh, pretty significant. So. Yeah, you know, I, I, think, I think you're right. So let's break down last week's uh, race there in Columbus, Ohio. What a race it was. I mean, we really did. And Mid-Ohio has historically not been the most exciting track, but over the last two or three years has really given us a good race. And, you know, uh, you thought they're coming into the last 20 laps. Okay, we're going to roll into a snooze fest, if you will, but that's not what happened at all. Not even close. We had probably, in my opinion, uh, both, and, and I said this earlier, both in NASCAR and IndyCar, in my opinion, we probably saw the most exciting finishes we've seen all year, if not in a long time, uh, there with IndyCar. IndyCar, Ohio, obviously Felix and Scott Dixon, two Chip Ganassi uh, teammates going at it. And I mean, they went at it. And there for a moment, you thought that maybe Scott Dixon was going to open that door for um, Felix to uh, to make a pass, but it didn't happen. Uh, and and Dixon said, oh, I'm just going to hold on to this and win it. And win it, he did. Great win for the uh, one-two for the Chip. But I tell you what, what an exciting race it was there in Columbus. Columbus race, certainly. Uh, I mean, you had multiple drivers had a chance at it. It was just the way the yellows played out. I think that was going to influence uh, the result. But uh, good drive for Dixon, got the win, uh, always consistent uh, trying to find the, the winner circle. And uh, like you said, I think Rosenquist's first victory is just a matter of time. Uh, I think there's plenty of chances left with the road courses left. I think he is the more technical of the two drivers on that team. And uh, I would not be surprised if he claims a victory before the season's out. Uh, but uh, like you said, uh, at this point, uh, it's looking good for Newgarden. I think Rossi is the only guy I think right now that realistically has a chance to snatch the title away from him. Uh, those are the two most consistent drivers and the most competitive drivers, I think, across the board, as opposed to certain drivers like the Carpenter team and some of the other teams that are good, like a, maybe one track or two. These teams are consistent at every track on the circuit, and that's the difference in why they're challenging for the championship and not running mid-pack or lower in the points like some of these other teams that are, you know, one-hit wonders uh, on the uh, slate. Well, I absolutely I agree with you about Felix, and I heard in an interview um, uh, earlier this week that basically when it was brought to the attention of Scott Dixon about bringing Felix on the team, he's like, don't look anywhere else. That's your guy. And so Scott Dixon knows how good of a, of a driver that Felix is. And so we'll see what happens. Hey, real quickly here, cause at nine 30, we've got to dump in here to the NFL talk, but let's, um, Talk a little NASCAR. Uh, Steve's down in Florida. He's unable to join us. Tyson's not able to join us. So we're going to have you do the double hat here today for a little bit of NASCAR for a few minutes. But, again, let's go back to the NASCAR race uh, last week. Denny Hamlin, Eric Jones, both teammates uh, battling it out. 
What a great race that was. And we got a little bit longer to go in NASCAR than we do uh, with uh, uh, IndyCar. Of course, NASCAR rolls into Indianapolis here at the first part of September, the weekend after Labor Day. Uh, We'll be down there as well uh, for the NASCAR race. But last week's race, what are your thoughts there uh, with uh, Denny Hamlin and Eric Jones battling it out to the finish? Well, a good day for the Joe Gibbs team. I think uh, tough luck, obviously, for Kyle Busch. Had things worked out with the strategy, I think he would have been right up there as well. And uh, same with Martin Truex Jr. Gibbs is right now a team to be at this point, and that's been the story, I think, for a majority of the season. Uh, I think you look at some of these other teams, uh, Penske just doesn't have the consistency with the Ford. And uh, Hendrick, uh, they took the gamble with the new uh, crop of drivers, and it has not worked out for them. I mean, the Chevy is competitive. It's just I think the car drive, the level of the drivers that they're used to having uh, is just not the same as to what they currently have. And uh, they put a lot of pressure on guys like Chase Elliott, William Byron, and Alex Bowman to get the job done. They have not got stepped up to the plate yet for them uh, in the way I think they were expecting that they were going to do. And uh, you look at the scenarios right now, uh, I'd say just like it is in IndyCar, I think there is a one group of rabbits out there with the Joe Gibbs Toyotas and a bunch of teams trying to knock them off. And I just don't think they have the resources to knock them off at this point. I tell you what, NASCAR rolls into Watkins Glen this weekend, one of my favorite tracks to watch uh, races at. And it's going to be an exciting race. Xfinity race uh, rolls off today at 3 o'clock there at the Glen. What are your thoughts? I think if you're going to have a chance for a first-time winner, I'd say it's this weekend, and I'd say right now, depending on how he fares, uh, Daniel Suarez with his uh, open-wheel experience in Mexico, uh, if you're looking for a first-time winner or possibly a ring of a steel one, uh, he would be the guy that I would pick. The Monster Energy Series tomorrow at 3 o'clock. To Glenn, what are your thoughts? Uh, like I said, Suarez is one pick. Uh, if you're looking for another surprise, obviously Ryan Priest had a good run in the Xfinity race at the Glen last year. So uh, if you're looking for, you know, a guy that's uh, off the board, an off-the-board pick instead of one of the favorites, uh, I'd say uh, watch out for Suarez and watch out for Priest. But uh, I think uh, the guy to beat, I think, based on what I've seen, is either Kyle Busch or Martin Truex. Well, we're going to roll on into NFL talk here, but we are just getting ready to start some NF, uh, I mean, some college football talk, college football uh, coaches poll. Uh, the preseason polls came out. Uh, let's uh, we'll talk about because it's right there in, in, in your neck of the woods, and and you guys cover Notre Dame. Uh, Rick Riggin is uh, turning forty today. He's a man. He's forty. <laughs> He's down in Nashville. So we'll be bringing out back college football here very, very soon on a weekly basis. Obviously, Rick Rick is going to be one of our big uh, college football contributors at Notre Dame, a blogger as well. Let's talk about Notre Dame. Here we go again. It seems like Notre Dame has a schedule that's in their favor. I know haters will be haters. I like Notre Dame. Don't get me wrong. I'm an IU guy, big-time IU guy, big-time Big Ten guy guy but you gotta like Notre Dame for what they've done but every year it just seems like uh the football gods shine down on Notre Dame and when you look at the when you look at their schedule this week this year and you look at at at, uh the bye weeks that of the people they're playing it just seems like here we go again God loves Notre Dame maybe maybe because it's a Catholic school I don't know but let's uh give us a a preview of Notre Dame football Go ahead. 
I do not think they're going to be a college playoff team because you got the game at Georgia and you got the game at Michigan. Those are games I say where it's 50-50, whether they win or lose those games. And then also the fact that seven of their 12 opponents come into those games off of a bye where they will be fresh and ready to go. I think it's going to be much more of a struggle for Notre Dame than I think people think it will be. And I would be thoroughly shocked uh, if they get in the college football playoff for the second straight year. Go ahead and give us uh, the Matthew Embry official. Uh, I know you do your power rankings for racing. You don't necessarily do it for college football. But let's uh, uh, let's get the Matthew Embry peak into the 2019 season, and we'll certainly have you on and talk college football as, as we always do every year. Uh, but uh, let's uh, give us the Matthew Embry power uh, look, if you will, into 2019 college football. I think playoff-wise, I think you have Alabama and Clemson obviously getting two of the spots. Maybe Georgia getting a third, and then I guess I'd have to toss a coin and say Ohio State maybe gets the fourth one or just over Michigan. What are we thoughts? What are our thoughts about Ohio State this year? I just, again, I, maybe I, I'm just that guy that just loves to hate Ohio State, and because uh, they're Ohio State, and I'm in Big Ten country, and I'm an IU guy, and we just can't find ourselves to to find anything positive about Ohio State. But what are we, what are our thoughts about Ohio State? Are they legit this year? Or are they just another Ohio State team that just because they have the, the name of Ohio State Buckeyes that they get uh, they get favoritism? Question is the quarterback they brought in is he going to be competitive? I think beyond that though their defense is going to be really tough to score on, and uh, they got a good running game I think as well. But I think the question is the quarterback they brought in uh, is he going to be effective or not? That's going to be I think the big question as to how good this team could be. Who do you think is some of the most overrated college teams going into 2019? Sadly, I got to say Notre Dame's one of them. Uh, Like I said, they lost so much on defense last year. Uh, You have question marks in the running game. Could Tony Jones Jr. go a full year without injury? Uh, Then you have questions uh, with, uh, you know, the kicking game, no Justin Yoon, no Tyler Newsom. I mean, they're talking more about going for on fourth down than they usually do, which tells me that they do not feel confident in whoever's going to be the kicker for 2019. So if they go down to a big kick, is the kicker going to be able to make a big kick for them if it comes down to that situation or not? Uh, I don't think they have the same uh, security blanket they had when Justin Yoon was there. And uh, I think right now, as far as a record, I'd say eight and four is the mark I'm looking at uh, for Notre Dame. Definitely not a college football playoff team, and definitely not a team I think that's going to be in the top ten in the final polls uh, of the top 25 uh, coaches or the AP poll at the end of the year. Well, we got to wrap it up and put a bowl on it, but real quickly, I know that's right there in your backyard. Matthew Embry, WSBT up at South Bend, our official IndyCar contributor. He also talks to college football with us and uh, doing a little double hat with us as we as we kind of uh, begin to walk the waters of, of college football. Real quickly, uh, Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> you talk about all the right teams. There you go. Real quickly, Michigan 2019, Jim Harbaugh. Uh, does he have a good season, or is it just, again, like I said, a totally overrated can I be Ohio State? That's the question I keep saying, and the answer I keep saying is no. And until that changes, uh, I don't think Michigan's going to be a factor. Matthew, we appreciate you joining us. You're going to stick around for some NFL talk, or you got to bail? 
I got to get to work. Uh, a lot of stuff going on in South Bend this week, obviously, uh, for Chicago Cub fans. Uh, ben Zobra is still on his rehab assignment here in South Bend tonight. There's a limited number of tickets available, so if you want to go see uh, Ben Zobra in the South Bend Cubs uniform, get to the Four Winds box office in downtown South Bend now. There's just a few tickets left for today's game, and there's some tickets left for Sunday. So if you want to see one of the top players uh, in Major League Baseball on rehab assignment, uh, he will be down there the next two days. And I'll finish this with this. My St. Louis Cardinals were number one. Have a good weekend, sir. <laughs> we'll talk with you soon, Matt. Uh, we'll see about that later, uh, Tom. Talk to you later. <laughs> bye, bye. Matthew Emery, WSBT up in South Bend, our official IndyCar contributor. We're going to jump into a break. We'll be right back here with Matt Hicks. Uh, we're going to be playing the Homer car, the Indianapolis Colts camp. What's going on with Andrew Luck? I'm so nervous. I wish you could see my Kermit the Frog nervous meme right now. We're out. National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. See the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Simba Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine.
All right, welcome back to The Balance. My name is Sean Mark Marcel, Presidente, rolling along on a Saturday morning on a nice, hot, sunny summer day. Uh, joining us now is uh, one of our, our favorite guests, Mr. Matt Hicks. How are you, sir? I'm great. How are you, Tom? You know what? Never better. Sun's shining. Going to go to the zoo after the show. I've never seen the orangutan uh, uh, exhibit, so hopefully... They don't mistake me and think that I've escaped and, and throw me in there with them. But zoo <laughs> <laughs> uh, is always a great time on a Saturday. I know, and, and and you would probably know this because you still have little youngins running around, and yeah. and you guys are always active. So are are you one of the zoo members, if you will? Uh, not. We have been. We are not currently. Uh, two of my three are now in school, so we don't have as much time to do those things as we used to. So, yeah, we, 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 we were, oh, gosh, for many years, members of the zoo and, and the Children's Museum, which, you know, if you're not familiar with Children's Museum in Indianapolis, it's like Top literally notch. one of the premier children's mu- museums in the country. You know, I oftentimes say, hey, can I borrow your kids so I can go to the museum? That is really an awesome museum. <laughs> yeah. It really is. It, and I haven't been in the zoo in, in so long, but just thought, well, let's just go this, this weekend. Uh, unfortunately, my granddaughter lives in North Carolina, so she doesn't get to go as much. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, – it's, it, it's, it, well, two adults going to the zoo, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, got, the, got the extra adventure that we can take the rides, but – I'm thinking. I don't know. Remember, remember a few years back when they had a, they kept having to rescue people with the fire department out on that on the spatter ride there at the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> I digress. Matt Hicks, our official uh, zoo contributor. No, uh, but uh, thanks for joining us. We're, we're jumping right into the NFL t- talk here. Let's yeah. let's just let's just let's just talk. Let's just tackle the elephant head on. I think. We're all a little bit jaded with Andrew Luck. I'm not, I'm not in panic mode yet. If he's not throwing, no. if he's not throwing balls in September, I'm going to be in panic mode. But there's, I, I, I'm concerned, and justifiably so. And I think all fans are as, as we look at camp has broken. Andrew Luck. We 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 still want to say that he's in the danger zone. I don't know, but we we feel like. Maybe he's not there. There's maybe there's a there there, no pun intended, that they're not talking about. Talk with us about what are your thoughts about Andrew Luck? Should we get nervous? Is it, should we push the panic button because we haven't really seen him do anything in camp? Yeah. Well, I, I think concerned is fair. Um, I, I kind of look at it at different benchmarks. Yes, right now I'm concerned. If he doesn't go through some sort of practices heading into that third preseason game and play in that third preseason game, which is, you know, supposedly the pretend that's the mock game where they prepare for the week and make adjustments at halftime and all that nonsense. If he doesn't play in that game, I will let, I will raise my level of concern to maybe perhaps mild fear. And then we'll go from there. If they bring in another quarterback in the next week or two, then yes, I would also view that as a bad sign. And then obviously when you get to week one, if he's anything worse than questionable, then yeah, it was obviously more serious than what they were leading on. And, you know, this team has to be careful with this sort of thing. And I think, 
I like to think that they are. Um, they've had some issues with trust with the fans in the past uh, with Peyton Manning mm-hmm. and his injury. If you remember mm-hmm. back to that, there were people mm-hmm. saying, well, he might be able to play in week 10. Well, that never happened. And maybe they were, and maybe they were being transparent and the optimism was there and it just didn't come to fruition. I like to think with the luck injury, it has been above board as much as an NFL team is. I mean, obviously they're not going to come out and read medical charts to you every week, but I, I'd like to believe the best in the Colts and, and their transparency with injuries. Um, but listen, the reality of it is, is you're, your best chance to contend for a playoff spot is not practicing right now. And yeah, that, that should cause concern. I don't know if it's time to panic. I would be panicked if they brought in a, another quarterback, even if it was, you know, I mean, they haven't even brought in a, a, a practice quarter. I mean, they, you know, they, a, a, a Philip Walker type of guy who I realize is in camp, but I'm just saying they have not brought in even in another guy. They've got a couple guys in, um, but they have no more quarterbacks than they would normally have in camp. So I, that's where I kind of come back to, okay, it's, it's going to be fine. And, and Brissett's getting reps with the starters, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, go, going back to when Peyton Manning was here, which I realized was a very different era in football in general, but one of the big concerns when Manning was here and the backup never got reps with the first team because Manning wanted to take every snap at practice. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't seem to be an issue at this point. Now, whether that's due to injury or just rest or whatever, Brissette is very familiar with this offense, and he's not a bad quarterback. Now, I'm not here to say that they can win this division with Brissette starting 16 games. They can't. They won't. But could he get them through – the first four weeks at two and two, I, I think that's possible. And if, if, if luck were to miss some time, which I just don't think he's going to, I, I just think this is what it is. They're letting it rest and they're going to fire it back up here. Probably, as I said, probably week three of the preseason, let him go through all that. And then he'll take the fourth week off and come back for the regular season. That's just my hunch. I have no inside knowledge at all. Because um, no one, no. Oh, come I, on, we know you hang out there at West Fifty Sixth Street. We know, we know you got your, we know you got the scoop. I do, I do. T- I have talked to some people that have been up in camp, at, not just in the stands, but on the sidelines, and I've, yeah. I've talked to a few people, and, and they seem to think that that's a, a plausible possibility, but they've not heard anything to say that that's what's going on. I think the idea is, as soon as he's ready to come back, he's going to come back, but I don't know. I don't know that they wouldn't push it a little bit in that week three of the preseason just to give him a, a shot of, you know, as I said, that mock game uh, getting out there and playing a half or maybe even a quarter just to, just to see how everything's working. Well, I'm sure we're not going to see him Thursday night against the Bills. And, uh, but, but, but no. you know, as we, talk, no. as we talk every year in the preseason, this is an opportunity for uh, the non-starters, those that are trying to make the team, those that are trying to make the right, even if they don't make it for the Indianapolis Colts, they're getting on tape for other teams. They're trying to make it for other teams, even if it's just on a practice squad. So the preseason may not mean anything to fans, maybe fans just, we want to get to the real action. But, you know, and you follow racing like I do, in every race, you got the caution, the pace car comes out, and every race at the beginning of the race, 
you have five or six laps that are just going at a small speed. Nobody's doing anything exciting. It's led by the pace car. Nobody gets worked up about it. Oh, these are just pace laps. They don't mean anything. Blah, 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 blah. But there's a reason that there's a reason they get the cars warmed up. So there's a reason for the preseason they get they get things warmed up. When you look at the Indianapolis Colts bubble, if you will, uh, is there anybody that stands out that you think, man, it'd be nice if we could get him on there? Or yeah, let's let's uh, let's uh, let this guy mosey on down the road. Any, anybody stick out to you this year going into camp? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not, to be honest, familiar with everybody else around the league and, and who could potentially get cut. I think for the most part that's mostly happening. But as far as the Colts are concerned, I think there's a name that, I, you know, you just haven't heard much of in the last two weeks since camp started, and that's Chester Rogers. I, I have to wonder if this guy is going to make the team. He had a very up-and-down year last year. And that wide receiver core is really good. I mean, you, 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 Hilton and Funches pencil them in, at, you know, on the left and the right side. And then that third spot, could it be Campbell? Could it be Deion Kane, who had a phenomenal camp last year until he tore his ACL? Uh, Doris Fountain is a name you've heard a lot. Or is, you know, is Chester Rogers, you know, going to get a spot? I, I don't know. And then they worked out um, – Oh, now his name's escaping me. The former Giants and, and Broncos. Oh, yes, you're right. Uh, wide uh, receiver yesterday. Uh, yeah. Brandon Marshall. They worked out Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall, Marshall that's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I don't know. Boy, uh, that's an interesting position to me right there. There, there's, there is no question. Um, the tight end spot, too, is, is interesting because you got four guys that I think are going to make the team, but to, t- to carry four tight ends is tough. So that's going to well, take just away signed. from another spot. Well, we know Frank Rick likes his tight ends, but they just signed uh, Zach Coke, and I, I, I think he's going to have to perform more on special teams because, yeah, I mean, with Jack Doyle, he's going to be the the workhorse. I mean, we hope that he's that's another guy. I mean, let's talk about Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle, I love. He's a home hometown guy, and you're on here to play the the homer card with. Us. We can't play any more homer card than than Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle's the man. Uh, but let's. Let's be real. For whatever reason, he's had a hard time with injuries. Obviously, just coming off a, uh, uh, a kidney uh, uh, injury, which I'm sure is no fun. But uh, I, heard, I heard him on uh, JMV this week, and uh, or it was Dan Dockage, was one of the local shows. So basically, he feels like he's uh, he's ready to rock and roll, and and that he feels better than he ever did. What what are your thoughts about Jack Doyle? Are we worried about him at all? Because, I mean, we, we no, depend I, on tight I, ends with the Indianapolis Colts. Well, and I, I'm not worried uh, because of the emergence of Eric Ebron. I mean, Ebron had a, well, literally, a Pro Bowl season last year and very nearly an all-pro mm-hmm. season. Yes. So, uh, you know, no, I, I'm not worried about Jack Doyle because, you know, You've you got guys behind Ebron and Doyle like, you know, Mo Alley-Cox who can catch just about anything. And uh, Ross Travis is an underrated tight end. I think he can play. Uh, so their tight end game is strong. Uh, yeah, obviously the healthier are the better, but I'm not worried about Jack Doyle. I think, I think he's going to have – he might be one of those guys that we talked about, well, how did he go and catch 12 touchdown passes as we talked about Eric Ebron last year? Um, the tight ends are going to be heavily relied on because they're going to 
when defenses look at this offense, you're going to have to make a choice. There's too much. You, you, you it's, it's, it, you know, it's, it's death by a thousand paper cuts with, with the running game and the, and the short passing game, or are you going to, you know, put eight, nine in a box and let T.Y. Hilton and, and maybe Campbell or, or a bunch of guys beat you over the top? I mean, there's just too many weapons. This offense, if it, if it clicks the way we all think it is, has the chance to be about as good as any offense that we've seen in, what, 10 years in Indianapolis. The Indianapolis Colts put Spencer Ware on the pup list, which is uh, physically yeah. unable to perform for those that don't, don't know the acronyms of the NFL. Uh, I'm not overly concerned, but Spencer Ware is one of those uh, Swiss Army knives that, that we depend on. Well, they were. I think they wanted him to fill that short yardage role, if I had to take a guess. So they definitely don't have that at this point necessarily. Uh, Jordan Wilkins might be the guy that they that they give those third and ones to, um, but they'll miss Robert Turbin in that regard. He was uncanny being able to get those third and shorts. Um, but but you know you look at I mean obviously Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins are going to be your main backs. But I I would think this team would like to carry a fourth back. That's my that's my hunch. I heard they worked out a team hunt yesterday or the day before and another former Patriots running back who I wasn't overly familiar with. Um, so I, I think they will bring in a, a veteran back at this point to work the preseason, keep those guys carries light in the preseason, but maybe have a chance to stick around and be that fourth running back once the regular season starts. That's a, that's one of those little roster questions that, well, th- there's kind of those two spots. Do you keep a fourth running back? Do you keep a fifth wide receiver or a sixth wide receiver? Some teams do that. And that will, that will directly impact your special teams. So that'll be a really interesting thing to watch. And it's kind of funny that we're already there again. When you think about the Colts camps of, you know, 10 and 15 years ago, that's what you watched at camp. You were like, well, I wonder how many, I wonder how many tight ends they're going to carry. They're going to carry three or four because the long snapper at that time was a tight end. And you know, so it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of funny that we're, that we're back there. We're not worried about who the, who the, who the starting right tackle is going to be. We know that. <laughs> so it, <laughs> it is kind of fun that, that, we're, that we're now kind of looking at the back of the roster as, as much as anything else, really. I think there's a few interesting position battles, but for the most part, I think everything's pretty, pretty well set. I think some things will evolve, as they always do, throughout the season. But I think you can look at this depth chart and feel pretty comfortable saying, yeah, that looks like it's probably going to look on opening day in San Diego, or excuse me, San Diego, in Los Angeles. You know, I know we're playing the homer card, and that's kind of what we're doing in this segment. That's kind of what it's designed to do. But at the same time, take that aside. I think the Indianapolis Colts have all the weapons to be a significant team. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. I, who knows how or why uh, Tom Brady uh, continues to play at the level that he does, and, and, and it, it, they're going to be somebody to contend with. We, we saw uh, uh, Patrick Mahoney with the, the, the Chiefs last year. What a weapon he was. But look at how close we got at the beginning. It, last year this time, we would have been happy, hey, if we win six games or seven games, we'll be okay. We're happy. We're, we'll say it's a success. But to get really within arm's length of of the AFC championship game, coming from where we were at, 
I mean, we started out slow, but we finished hard. And hopefully that doesn't happen. Nobody ever wants to see it happen again. Uh, but certainly Kansas City, New England are the, 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 the people that we look at. But other than that, I mean, I just think that I know the AOC South has gotten stronger. And we got Tennessee and Marcus Mariota. You got Jacksonville, uh, Jolly Hill St. Nick's down there this year. And we're going to get all that in the next segment here with uh, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, who's going to join us and, and, and talk in more depth on the national scale of, of the NFL. But I think the Colts are right there. They're right there. They are doing the right things. And, 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 I, I still think they have the potential to be in an AFC championship game this year. Yeah, I think they do too. I mean, when you look at the overall AFC, you don't find a flawless team, right? I mean, there's, there's, there's issues everywhere. Even taking out the age of Tom Brady, you know, I think it's a question of, of who's his safety valve going to be. It was, you know, it was the tight end for so many years. And, and Gronkowski retires, and, and, and maybe he comes back halfway through the season. I don't think that's going to be the case, but we'll see. You know, you never know. But, but in, in, until then, they've got to find a legitimate target. Now, I, that being said, they're still a 10-win team. You can look and find a lot of 10-win teams that can get lucky and win 12, and I really agree with Chris Ballard. I think for this team, this Colts team, it would be very important for them to at least get the bye week. And to do that, you've got to win 12 or 13 games. And I, I hate to be the party pooper. I just don't see 12 or 13 games out of this team. I think 10 or 11 is very realistic. And then maybe a luck into a 12, a 12th win. But I think 13, you, you, you've got to be closer to flawless. And I just don't see this team as being flawless. But that being said, I don't see anybody else either. Kansas City, you know, Mahomes is, is fantastic. But he likes to throw the deep ball. Well, who's he going to throw the deep ball to? I mean, they've got weapons, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, and, and their, their tight end core is, is good as, almost as good as the Colts. But I think they are still – it will be at least a question. It wouldn't surprise me to see Mahomes toss for, you know, 40, 45 touchdowns. But I think it, the question that has to be answered is who's he going to throw the ball to? I think there is kind of a tiered system right now. I think it's Kansas City and New England. They're in the A tier. And then there's a bunch of teams with the Colts in that B tier. And that would not surprise me if if the Colts or any of those second-tier teams made it to the AFC Championship game and got lucky and won it. It wouldn't surprise me a bit. And there's that weird thing, the Super Bowls in Miami this year. It seems like the Colts like to go down there and play for some reason. So we'll see. Well, I tell you what, that secondary uh, group, if you want, they're all grouped up in the AFC South. I mean, really, any of us guys could do it. But, hey, if the football gods shine down and we want to have puppy dogs and butterflies, wouldn't it be great to have a rematch with the Saints down in Miami? I'm just saying. Just saying. Hey, another stud I want to talk with you about before I let you go. Darius Leonard, number 5'3". Yeah. Man. I tell you what, last year he set the bar high for himself. Can he deliver again this year? Of course, he, he plays a role that, that is high probability of injury. So you you got to use him while you can yeah, use him, workhorse, you or you can use him. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. That I think that's my only concern there is if he can stay healthy, I would never second-guess this guy. He is. 
you know, all those cliches. He's got heart of the lion, eye of a tiger, whatever you want to say. He's got it. And if he's walking down one side of the street, I'm walking down the other. I mean, he is a, just a mean man <laughs> on the football field. He is. So, I mean, uh, and he gets it done. He he might be, gosh, is he not the most exciting defensive player we've had here in, in several years? I well, mean, since, I don't uh, discredit Freeney and Mathis and Sanders, but, but, I mean, he is an exciting player to watch. He's He's around the ball all the time. And he, he is, I mean, he is phenomenal. He can follow up with 85% of last season's productivity. It would be a success. But I, knowing this guy, I think he'll surpass it. Well, you you mentioned Math, Mathis. I'll tell you what. We talk about players we've lost to retirement or whatever, or they've moved on to other teams, and other players come up. This guy is in that, that category of Mathis and, and all the other great uh, – Freeney and all the other great defensive uh, players that, that we have, Darius Leonard is the stud. All right, Matthew, we appreciate you joining us. I got to know, though, did you did you watch Stranger Things? No, no, I, I don't really watch. I'm, I'm kind of like that point in my life where I watch uh, <laughs> uh, HGTV and History Channel. So <laughs> You've gotten to that point, huh? You've gotten to that point. Hey, man, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a History Channel fan myself as well. Uh, and one of my uh, – it's on Comedy Central, but you mentioned history. You ever seen Drunk History? got to watch it. I've it's seen hilarious. It. It's funny. That's funny stuff. Funny stuff. It's, a, it's hilarious. Well, I was going to I was going to get your thoughts on the on the on the season finale of of Stranger Things, but uh yeah, you know, I, would, I would be no good to you there. <laughs> <laughs> I like it so much a lot. I guess because I'm an 80s child myself and it, it takes place in Indiana, obviously a fictional town. Uh but they just uh I, I, you've probably seen the movie The Goonies and, and all of those 80s yeah. movies where the young kids are uh, – the camaraderie there is there. So, man, I had I, had, I was I was all geared up. Had you all teed up there, uh, Matthew Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry to let you down on that one. Hey, I do want to just real quick give a, a shout-out. Um, actually, all over Indiana, a show airs called uh, Network Indiana, Indiana Sports Talk. Mm-hmm. And Bob Lovell uh, is starting his 26th year. So it's been on the air for 25 years. And I got to go down uh, to the old uh, worldwide headquarters of communications last night and see some old friends and uh, be a part of very, 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 very small part of the anniversary show. And uh, that was a great time in my life. I worked on that show for parts of about 12 years. So um, Bob is just, awesome so i wanted to say congratulations to him and if, just point you in that direction if you weren't aware 25 years that's like for those that don't work in the media like radio one year is like dog years so it's i know literally, it's literally, like, it's you make like it 25 years 100 years yeah, that's right I mean, you're that's, at that's you, you, you could you could have you couldn't have placed it any better and i've been in i've been in radio since i was 16 years old and trust me mm-hmm. i know i get it uh, people say yeah. uh, it, have you ever been fired well yeah i work in radio i mean <laughs> oh yeah that's yeah I mean, that's just the first, part of it the first yeah. job i ever got fired from was from radio and i go yeah. oh, well, we can do stories about that all all day long uh, uh, oh yeah <laughs> no but bob Lovell's great and and especially those that live here in indiana uh, know his 
coverage and his passion for high school football and basketball and baseball for that matter. Uh, you know, there's another guy that comes on the show every now and then. You probably know him, uh, but he's, he's up there. He's been there down there in Jasper for a long time. And his name's Walt oh. Ferber. He's yeah. Yeah. I saw Walt you know, last Walt. night. It was great to see him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, he's, he is probably as, as much of a regular on that show as anybody is. And yeah, uh, yeah I saw so where Walt he is. I, Walt. Great. I saw uh, on Walt's Facebook where he got to throw out the uh, first ceremonial pitch of the yeah. St. Cardinals one. Isn't that cool? So, yeah. That's very but, cool. Yeah, Bob, I saw that. Yeah. Bob Lovell is awesome, and thank you uh, so much uh, for bringing that up. Where can people – well, I would used to say find your work in Masterpieces, but I know you're kind of you're kind of freelancing, and you're always welcome here. You've always got a, you've always got a home the balance. But uh, where can people uh, pull your uh, – if they want to know what Matt Hicks is up to. <laughs> oh, I still, I'm still on Twitter occasionally at Hicksim zero five. And, uh, you never know. I, I, I was, I was talking to Greg Rakestraw last night, may see me around, uh, high school football championship games here again in the fall. So you well, never know good. what's going to come up when you're, when you're available. Uh, what, what's the old Bill Polian? Uh, you must first be available and I am available. Uh, so. That's right. Yeah, oh, Rake, I, I've known Rake for a long time. We go all the way back to yeah. the, the radio station days down in Franklin. So, oh, yeah. we actually yeah. we actually worked at that radio station on nine eleven. That was uh, a crazy day. So, me and Rake go a long, yeah. long ways, uh, long ways back. Of course, he's doing his own thing now too, as well. So, mm-hmm. we all kind of just merge into our own little mold, don't we? <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. All right, buddy. You have yourself a good weekend, and uh, and I uh, hope uh, pleasant days to you, sir. Hey, thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me. <laughs> sure, Matthew Hicks, good friend of the show, been around Indianapolis radio for a long time. Always helps me play the Homer card. Uh, we run in the same circles. I don't know if that's good or bad, but we all know the same people, and always fun to have him on to talk the Homer card. But we're gonna get into our next segment here coming up here in just a few moments. Oh, yeah, NFL talks yes, guys. I know we're a national show. We didn't leave you out by just talking about the Colts. We'll be back with Ed Kraft, Pete Ryder for the Philadelphia Eagles. Go ahead and join us. going to talk to NFL across the board. Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. 
I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Simba Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Rolling NFL talk. NFL is back. Broncos and the Falcons in the Hall of Fame game on Thursday. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Bring it on. Doesn't mean anything. It's all fun. What it means is that it's back, right? And we, we are just a few short weeks away from the NFL regular season going. 
So we're going to keep talking that way. Uh, Ed Kratz, be rider for the Philadelphia Eagles, running a little bit late, helping his his uh, son move down to Birmingham. So he's got a lot going on, uh, but he's going to take some time to join us uh, here uh, momentarily. So he's just running a, a few minutes behind here. Hopefully we get him on here in the next five or ten minutes. Thank you to Matthew Embry, WSBT up in South Bend, Notre Dame country. Talk a little Notre Dame with us, and, you know, he, he said – Hey, I think Notre Dame might be a little bit overrated uh, this year. And heart stop. This is this is the big one. <laughs> you got guys like Matt and Rick who are just diehard Notre Dame fans. And don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, I like Notre Dame. I live in Indiana. I'm a Notre Dame fan. Now I'm an IU guy. I'm an IU alumni. So go Hoosiers. Uh, but they did all right football over the last couple of years. But uh, certainly when it comes to winning and expectations and, and all of that stuff, uh, then it, eh, Notre Dame is my go-to. So, anyway. <laughs> I can't walk and chew gum at the same time. <laughs> oh, help me. So, anyway, that's that's the scoop, and and thank you to Matthew Embry for joining us and, and talking to IndyCar. You know, like we said with IndyCar, it, it might be more of the, um, it might be Joseph Newgarden's year. Looks like it could happen. I mean, there's there's really nobody on his tails. Alexander Rossi's in second, uh, but really nobody on his tails. As, as I mentioned, over half of the Top ten in point standings with IndyCar, or have have uh, not had a win yet this year. So, I mean, and hats off to Alexander Rossi and his his uh, new contract with the um, Andretti team. I had a brain fart there for a second. See, my mind is totally engulfed in the football. Thank you to Matthew Hicks, uh, who joins us. Matthew Hicks been around the Indianapolis radio for a long time. Uh, I know him well, and he's always good to come on and play the homework card. And, and uh, good job we did with that, playing the homework card with the Indianapolis Colts. And what's going on with the Colts? I mean, we're still not in panic mode. When it comes to, we're still not into panic mode when it comes to um, Andrew Luck. But, and, and Matt made a very good point. If the Colts had brought in any quarterback, any quarterback, just to work out or look at, we'd be a little bit more concerned. But that's not happened. So that's a good thing. So we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, you know, obviously the Colts got the Bills coming up. They're on the road uh, coming up on Thursday evening. Uh, and then they've got two home games, uh, the Browns and the Bears. I'll be at both of those games. Uh, but uh, we'll see what happens with the, with the Indianapolis, uh, uh, with the Indianapolis Colts. I, you know, I don't want to steal all the thunder uh, from, um, from Ed Kratz because he will be coming on here, but uh I know that he is – I think he, he said he's down in Knoxville right now, but he's helping his son move to Birmingham, just graduated college. I tell you what, kids grow up, don't they? 
My son's 30, lives in North Carolina. Got an eight-year-old granddaughter, though. Oh, I often say, hey, I had you to have her. <laughs> but, yeah, we had some NFL action this week to, out in Canton, Ohio. We had the Broncos and the Falcons. Like we said, not a lot to read into. Not doesn't really mean anything, quite literally, does not mean anything. Uh, but fun to watch. And, and, you know, it's – but. More than anything, I like the Hall of Fame game because it really does – what it is, is it, it's the climax, if you will, of the Hall of Fame ceremony. Uh, and if you've never been to the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, well, go. It's going to be fun. <laughs> uh, but so he is going to join us here. Uh, Ed Kraft is going to be joining us here here soon. We talked a little bit about Tom Brady uh, with uh, Matt Hicks. Uncharted territory, 42 years old. We make that sound old because I'm 50, and, and I must really be old. But to play the NFL at the level that he's playing at 42, it just uh, – it just doesn't happen. I don't think this ever happened. And he's he's 42 years old. He's still playing at the level that he's playing. Uh, and as, as much as I don't like the Patriots because I'm a Colts guy, right? I can't I can't find any love within me, any snuggle time for the for the Patriots. I just but. You know, quarterback Tom Brady turns 42 years old today. It's his birthday, uh, which is a really a decisive uh, threshold for him uh, to make another major breakthrough, if you will, in the NFL. It it's insane to me. It, it you know we, I mean, haters will hate, right? I mean, you got the Yankees, you got the Patriots. I mean, you've got. You got the the Bruins, the Boston Bruins. Uh, in every series, there's that team that always finds a way to win games constantly. Uh, college football, Alabama. I mean, we could just the list is just endless. And, but when you, you know, how many people raise your hands? I see that hand. I see that hand. Now, but how many people actually can say that when when Tom Brady was introduced to the NFL was going to be the guy that we know him to be today. And if we remember right, this has been, well, several years ago, uh, the Patriots were going in the Super Bowl. Drew Bledsoe was their guy, was their quarterback, got injured, had a little backup quarterback. All right, well, let's, we got to throw him in there, but Tom Brady I believe he went to Michigan. Fact checkers might tell me different, but I'm pretty sure that he went to Michigan. Got this little quarterback, not little, but the young quarterback. Just got him on the on the team. Don't know a lot about him, but but I think that's where we're wrong, and I think that's uh, where um, Bill Belichick and the and Robert Kraft. Saw something 
that maybe the rest of us did not see. Because when they brought in that young quarterback by the name of Tom Brady to the Super Bowl to replace Drew Bledsoe, that is the Tom Brady that is still playing today. Now, I, I'm not swinging on his balls, no pun intended. They're not inflated enough, right? <laughs> I just digress. Mel Jim and I humor. I'm sorry, ladies. I'm sorry. But no 42-year-old position player, whatever it is, whatever position, uh, player has started all 16 games in an NFL season. Well, that's changed with Tom Brady. And um, and there also have only been seven non-specialists who have started after their 42nd birthday. Well, there's another guy that we know very well, and it has a New England uh, Patriot Association. Uh, but we like to call him ours. And he's been ours for a long time. That's Adam Vinatieri. Uh, but then you also think about Doug Flutie. Remember Doug Flutie, Benny Testaverde? Uh, all of them will be watching very closely to say, hey, my record going to get broken. So remember Doug Flutie, who was 42 when he started and led the San Diego Chargers uh, 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 to that, that win against Kansas City? Was it 2005? I think it was. Fact check me, factors. Go to work, factors. I think it was 2005. And Doug Flutie says, you know, it comes down to when, when you know – when you know what's going on behind center. So the point being is I, I'm doing what we call in radio field time. <laughs> because I, I don't want to steal all the, I got so much on my notes here and, and prep here that I'm, I'm standing by for, for Ed Kratz uh, to give us a call. Uh, he's helping his son move down to uh, Birmingham. Just got out of college. And uh, so he's, you know, doing the dad thing, doing the dad thing. A lot of us probably know what it's like to do the dad thing. We know LeBron James does, don't we? <laughs> should, should I go down that path today? Or have we talked about it enough? Have we heard about it enough? Uh, LeBron James uh, drawing the layup line uh, in public in a game. <laughs> You know, here, here's the thing. I, I know it's his kid, and you know he was he was. I mean, what parent has not seen their uh, their kid at a game, and maybe things didn't go right, maybe things weren't doing the right thing, and you just want to step in and you just want to say, "No, listen, use your head, do it this way." We want to yell at the coach. We want to yell at the umps. Or as parents, that's what we want to do. But with your LeBron James, but, but most of us in, in in society, yes, there's a few people that don't fit that world. But most of us got enough common sense to say, just let it play out. We get home, let's go out on the in the in the uh, 
which he probably has. I know that he has uh, a, a regulation size uh, uh, basketball court at his house, just like Michael Jordan did. But I digress. It just spend some time with him say, hey, here's what you should have done. Now, what did he do? He goes out there and he just makes a spectacle of himself. I'm like, hey, me, me, LeBron James, this is how you do it. But <laughs> 15-year-old kid, you got, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not privy to the conversations that happened afterwards. But certainly there was that part of what we call flaunting or the – a showboating, if you will. And uh, there was the, hey, I know how to do someone. So he ran out on the court. Coaches didn't stop him. Refs didn't stop him. And and basically said to his kid, this is what you're doing wrong. Most of us in the world don't do that. So we could we could go on and on about LeBron James, but I, I don't know. When, when you're a kid, what did we? I mean, we love our parents. Don't get me wrong, but did we really want? Would we really want our parents coming out on the court or coming out on the field and saying, "You're doing this wrong. Do it this way"? We'd be embarrassed. We don't. We don't look at, if our parents were super mega stars like LeBron James. Hey, that's my dad. He's LeBron James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm just putting my mind in a 15-year-old kid when I was 15, and believe me, I had a I had a son that was 15. Seems like just yesterday, but I, <laughs> they don't like you. They don't care how popular you are. They don't care about your superstar status if you happen to have that. You're just dad to them. He's just dad. He's not LeBron James. And you see it with the president's kids and this and that and the other. I mean, pick your president's kids, the Bush daughters, the twins, uh, uh, um, Trump's son, uh, the Obama kids. Do you really think that they're like, oh, my dad's the president? Well, they might, but I kind of think no. They're like, he's a dad, and dad, don't do that. Don't embarrass me. How many people have embarrassed their kids, right? Yeah, I digress. I know it, but my point being is see see how I, I went from see how I went from talking about Tom Brady and getting on a soapbox about being a parent and LeBron James. I, I have no control. I have no self-control. 917-889-8516 is our digits if you want to call and talk uh, some NFL with us. Uh, Ed Kratz is going to join us. Mo from the BS Sports Show is going to join us here at the bottom of the hour. This guy's going to help bail me out of this tunnel that I that I've dug for dug for myself. Hey, by the way, guys, I hope you're listening to us on the podcast. I, pr- I certainly appreciate it if you're listening to us on Apple or Stitcher or TuneIn or wherever you find your podcast right now. This is our the show. This is the live show. So the live show is the podcast. So I, I appreciate you joining. You know, we have thousands of downloads every every week, and we appreciate that. But, you know, to help us help you be better, first of all, hit subscribe, okay? 
hit the subscribe. And then on the podcast itself, whether wherever it's at, we use Apple because I use Apple. So that's, that's what I'm most familiar with. But it doesn't really matter. You can do it on either one of any of them. There is a section where and you can do it here on Blog Topic Talk if you're listening to us on Blog Talk. There's a section to rate the show. Give us five stars. What the hell, right? Give us five stars. And uh, write a review. Say, man, that dude, man, that dude, Tom, he's pretty freaking awesome. That dude, Tom, he's, yeah, yeah. He swings on the balls of Tom Brady. No, I don't really. In fact, if anybody knows me, I'm I'm the other direction of that. But, hey, I'm the first guy to step up and say, job well done. Follow us on social media at T-Balance. Uh, just, just go to the Twitter world, to the Twitter bird. You know, because that, that's where everything's important now, right? <laughs> I mean, that's where politics have gone at, right? This is not a political show, so we won't go there. But hey, go to the Twitter world at T Balance. Hit follow. See how hard is that? Go to Facebook, type in the balance, hit like. Now I have to admit that I I neglect the world sometimes, you know, on the Facebook fan page. So for that, I apologize. It doesn't get updated near as much as it should. But that we're going to change that. <laughs> so there you go. And, and and then we talk about racing. As we had Matthew Embry on, we have we we do racing every year. I mean every every week. It's a big part of our show. We have a big racing audience, and we we try to stay in the know. This is a one place where fanatics, that's you, that's me, the novice fanatics, that might be you, come to talk about sports. Glad you found us. Make sure you hit subscribe, hit like, and all of that good stuff. Make the world all good, puppy dogs and butterflies and all of that good stuff. And Oh, Saturday morning, right live. So we're going to get into here when we get when we have uh, Ed on here. Well, the Philadelphia Eagles, but uh, I mean, according to ESPN anyway, boldly predicts that Philadelphia will trade for a defensive end. Who would that be for? Who would that be about? So we'll get into that with Ed Kratz, a beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, at Football Maven, I'll get that right when he's on. Joint Lions need more top 100 players. Talk about that. That's uh, Rick Riggins' team, the uh, Detroit Lions. Rick, Rick was Rick is going to be our college football. Hey, you guys know Rick has been around the show for a good number of years. A good number of years. Uh, he's, he's did just about everything that we could do. But anyway, we'll be right back. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente, 917-889-8516. Standing by in the balance green room, Ed Kratz, beat Rodder for the Philadelphia Eagles, our official NFL contributor. Tonight. 
National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like... Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal art. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Presidente, we got 90 minutes in the can, if you will, and uh, we're going to be getting to our A-list uh, uh, group here, Ed Kratz and Mo from the BS Sports Show is going to be joining us here in just moments uh, away, so stand, uh, so stand by. Uh, thank you to Matthew Embry, uh, WSVT up in South Bend. Uh, our official IndyCar contributor, talking some IndyCar, uh, helping us dip our toes in the water a little bit, talk a little bit of Notre Dame uh, football and NASCAR. Uh, Matthew Hicks, another Matthew, uh, joined us to play the homer card of the Indianapolis Colts. But joining us now is Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, who's helping his son move to Birmingham. So I appreciate you joining us. And Mo from the BS Sports Show, both of you guys joining us, talking some NFL, breaking things down. We'll start with you, Ed. Uh, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, football.maven, I slash IO, I screwed it up, I don't have it there. Go ahead and give us your website, but uh, I appreciate you taking some time uh, helping your son move down to Birmingham. We saw that you bought him a new car, man. Can I get adopted? That's what I want to know. Can I get adopted? <laughs> Oh man, three three kids is enough, Tom. Big big drain on the old uh, old wallet. So uh, oh, I hear much you. as I'd like to, I have to I have to say no. 
I understand. I understand. Well, congratulations to you and your son. I know your son just graduated college, going down to, I'm uh, moving down to Birmingham. So that's a that's a big uh, that's a big move. So I uh, congratulate congratulations there, Mo from the BS Sports Show. Mo, how are you, sir? Good. Glad to be back on with you, Tom, and and obviously always with Ed. Absolutely, guys. Well, let's get right into this. We'll start uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, which is uh, where where Ed's uh, camped out at. Obviously, uh, this week has been kind of a, a good week for the for the Eagles as as uh, Miles Sanders and Mac Hollins return to practice. Uh, bring us up to speed. What's going on there at uh, the Nova Care Center in Philly? Yeah, well, I was just thinking, you know, what a difference a week makes. Last week when I spoke to you, I was uh, standing on the sidelines and. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got to hear some sights and sounds of the Eagles training camp. And uh, right now, today, I'm taking a few days off. I'm, I'm driving through, uh, I'm leaving Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, to continue our journey down into Birmingham and uh, get get my son set up, like you said. Thanks for the congratulations. But, uh, yeah, this week, they, the Eagles had two fully padded practices. And, man, they really went at it. Uh, long marathon sessions, two and a half uh, hours on Thursday, 245 on Tuesday, and uh, lots of hitting. Uh, they had some live tackling session. Imagine that, uh, you know, actual tackling uh, in an NFL camp. Doesn't happen often, but the Eagles did it a couple times this week. Um, and, you know, there were some nicks and, nicks and bumps and bruises. Uh, Miles Sanders limped off on Thursday, but he, uh, by all counts, he's out there practicing again today. Uh, so it was nothing too serious. Uh, he kind of went down in a pile on a running play. It looked like he tried to spin out of a, a tackle, and, and a, a, another tackler came along and clipped him low, and uh, hurt his foot, and then uh, Jason Peters, their probable Hall of Fame left tackle, looked like he was just gassed at the end of the practice, and uh, you know, with about 15, 20 minutes to go, he was slow to get up, went to the sidelines, and just peeled off his lineman's gloves, like that's it, I've had enough, uh, I'm done, uh, 37 <laughs> years old over here, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna burn it all out here in August. So uh, you know, they put in their left tackle, they drafted in the first round, Andre Dillard, uh, which uh, you know, Dillard's a great story. Both of his high school. Uh, coaches were in town this week watching practice from uh, Washington State uh, their high school coaches and uh, I got to speak with them and you know it's a very interesting story you know Dillard didn't begin playing football until 10th grade in high school um, he was about 6'2 195 pounds and uh, every day the head coach told me he was on him telling him Please, just come to the meeting just come to the meeting and Dillard cracked went to the meeting and uh, the rest is history. He developed into a first-round draft pick, and he looks—he looks pretty good. I mean, he, you know, he's a rookie. He'll make his mistakes, but I, you know, he's definitely someone that the Eagles should be excited about having. And uh, you know, he's been showing some stuff here during these live sessions. They've been kind of giving him some first-team reps a little bit, um, and then of course, when Peters kind of just walked off, uh, he got plenty of reps. So he, you know, and he looked pretty good. So uh, you know, those are some things the Eagles have to look forward to, and. Um, but they were healthy. I mean, they're relatively healthy now. Matt Collins missed some time. He mentioned him, the receiver, who, you know, he's kind of in a dogfight right now for, uh, you know, a receiver position. It's very crowded there with Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, Nelson Aguilar, and the rookie from Stanford they drafted in the second round, uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. So, um, you know, that's uh, it's a tough, tough field there. I don't know if Matt Collins will make it, but he's practicing again today. So, uh, you know, we'll have to see how he does. Well, for the BS Sports Show, uh, I know that you, uh, in your world, you cover the Cleveland Browns and the Chicago Bears, so you kind of do dual roles there. Uh, talk with us about both camps. Obviously, the Browns coming here to town uh, in, in, 
in a couple weeks, I'll be there at that game. And uh, also I'll be at the Bears game so as well. But uh, Baker Mayfield, the Cleveland Browns, every Cleveland Brown fan I talk to uh, and every Cleveland Brown fan I see on Twitter has already accepted the Vince Lombardi trophy and they didn't have even played a game yet. But what are your thoughts about what's going on with the Cleveland Browns and the Chicago Bears, sir? Well, I'll be honest, I haven't been to the Bears camp yet, but having been to the Browns camp uh, this week, it, it's such a weird feeling around there. You know, I've only covered the Browns now for a couple of years, but uh, just, you know, from talking to people, the feeling around there this year is just so much different. But it, it's different, you know, it, it feels like in a good way so far. The expectations are so high, and so many of these players on this football team haven't been a part of that at the pro level. Obviously, you know, Baker Mayfield uh, dealt with it at the college level and some of those guys, but, you know, a lot of them haven't dealt with it at the pro level, and it's a very young football team, but it's a football team that, that's got uh, a lot of swagger to it for sure. Uh, but I'll tell you, watching this offense, it, it, it's, it's going to be an exciting time. And then if you factor in, you know, midway through the season, Kareem Hunt uh, being available for this, this football team, uh, you know, you, you hope that the defense can uh, can keep uh, other offenses at bay, but this offense looks like it's geared to score a lot of points. Obviously, a lot rests on the shoulders of Baker Mayfield. Uh, you know, can he distribute the ball enough to where everybody's happy? You've got two guys who want the ball done in Jarvis Landry and an Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, you know, you've got Nick Chubb, who had a great season last year as a rookie. Uh, and, <clears throat> you know, you've got a defense that uh, features guys like Miles Garrett. You know, and, and Greedy Williams, they're uh, – their draft pick at cornerback has had a good camp so far as well. So uh, a lot's going to be right on the shoulders of Baker Mayfield, not only that, but uh, on the shoulders of their head coach as he embarks on his first ever head coaching stint. So there's a lot of expectation, but, boy, there's sure a lot of room for error. I mean, things could go wrong in a hurry when you've got uh, this type of element there. So it's going to be very interesting. If nothing else, whether the Browns are good or bad this year, they're going to be an interesting football team to watch every Sunday. Guys, let's talk a little bit about the homer card. We did that earlier with uh, Matthew Hicks, and we talked a little bit about Andrew Luck. And I, and we'll start with you, Ed, and we'll go to you, Mo. I, we talked about this, uh, Ed, that maybe not so concerned right now, but still a kind of a a sluggish start, a no-show. Not we'll say no-show because he's there. That's the wrong word to use. But Andrew Luck just isn't. He isn't taking snaps. We're worried. We're we're we're, we're like, oh my gosh. But maybe it's not that bad because they haven't brought in any quarterbacks to work out, although they did bring in Brendan Marshall. They worked him out yesterday. He was in town at camp yesterday. Uh, so we'll see how that happens. I mean, I think he would be a good addition. He's one of those Band-Aids uh, players. But, Ed, we'll start with you. The Indianapolis Colts, what, what, what are we looking at here as we get ready for Thursday night against the Buffalo Bills? Uh, well, I think the big issue this week with them was Spencer Ware, right, the running back? Yeah, they put him on. They put him on a uh, the pup list, right? Yeah. Right. So I think he and I think his season's done, right? I think he was put on a, a pup list with a designation of um, uh, unable to return. So I think he's going to miss the season. Uh, that's, and that's that's the rumor. That's probably yes. a pretty big blow. Yeah, I mean I, that's that's a big blow I think uh, for the Colts, and you know they're going to start working out running backs. I'd imagine because they're going to have to find someone to, uh, to fill in that role. Um, and then you factor in Andrew Luck, of course, with the calf. Now I've heard that, uh, you know, a lot of people are trying to compare that calf injury to what uh, that Golden State player, um, his name I'm drawing a blank on, but he tore his Achilles during a playoff game. He came back a little too soon. But Kevin Durant um, you're talking about. 
think is that yeah, who you're talking about? That's it. Ke- yeah, exactly right. That's right, Tom. Yeah, Kevin Durant. You know, I think his original diagnosis was a calf, uh, some sort of a calf in- issue, a strain of some kind, and uh, it was an Achilles. You know, he ended up blowing out his Achilles. So uh, I think Andrew Luck kind of assured everyone that no, his Achilles is fine. It's strictly a a calf issue. But you know, I, I guess there's definitely reason for concern. And you know, given his injury history. Uh, you know, with the shoulder and missing a full season, uh, you know, not unsimilar to Carson Wentz, who has a similar injury history. It's a concern, you know. There's a, some kind of a, a device that limits luck, like this calf injury has been doing, then, yeah, that, that's a concern. But the good news is it is only August 3rd, and, uh, you know, there is time, and I'm not sure how much playing time he was going to get in the preseason anyway. Uh, sure, he'd like to see him out there for a couple series uh, through these four games, but, uh, you know, so maybe he misses some time, you know, in the first one, but, uh, you know, they're going to take it slow with him. They don't want this to develop into something that could uh, linger into September and October and, and really cost him some time. Um, so that's the good news is that they still have time uh, to nurse this thing to get him back to 100%. Mo, I uh, listened to Frank Reich uh, this uh, week on local radio, uh, on the local uh, Colts uh, radio show that they, they do here, the coaches show, Frank said that Andrew Luck is back. Andrew Luck is fine. Everything is good. Good chemistry in in the locker room. He's 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 saying Frank Reich is saying all the right things. And the vibe that I've always gotten from Frank Reich, and I think this is one reason why the fans really like Frank, is he's just a good guy and he's very honest. And I think that he would not purposely lie. But I do think that maybe he, he, he will shield as much as he can with Andrew Luck. Are we seeing a, a sign? Because it's not the first time, Frank Brack site, it's not the first time where the, uh, the leadership of the Colts just say what they have to do to pacify a question that was asked by the media. What are your thoughts about Andrew Luck and his slow start to the 2019 camp well i mean you look at you look at a guy like andrew luck uh, and i was talking to somebody about this yesterday you know i quit to a, a baseball pitcher who misses an entire season or a season and a half with tommy john surgery you look at a guy andrew luck who i thought towards the end of the year last year uh you know especially against the kansas city chiefs he just he, he looked tired and i believe that there was probably some soreness there and uh, you know he didn't play for you know damn near a year and a half, so I think at that point, uh, you know, Andrew Luck's body just started to fail him a little bit towards the end of the season. We talk about rookies all the time hitting that rookie wall. I think after not playing for a year and a half that Andrew Luck kind of hit a wall towards the end of last season in the playoffs, and, I, you know, I think that the Colts have realized this this regime now as opposed to Ryan Grigson and, and that disaster that you know, this guy, your season's going to go as he goes. So I, I think, like Ed said, they're, they're taking every precaution necessary uh, with Andrew Luck. Is there a big problem? I, I don't believe that there is, but I think you take, you give the, the kid as much time as, as needed to get healthy because, let's face it, without Andrew Luck, you can have all the talent in the world. But we saw before that the, the Colts just aren't very good without him, same as they were with Peyton Manning. So I, I think that this regime uh, of the Colts now realizes that Andrew Luck is, uh, is what powers this machine, so they're going to give as much time as possible. I mean, is it possible that they're, they're, they're sugarcoating things? I mean, maybe a little. Every team does it with, uh, with injuries to star players, but uh, I think come, uh, come the beginning of the season, Andrew Luck will be just fine because the Colts are going to do everything in their power to take care of him uh, during the preseason, just like Ed said. No, I totally agree, and 
God forbid that we do have to go to Jacoby Brissett. I, I say that bad. I don't mean that bad. Jacoby actually is not a bad quarterback, especially for a backup quarterback. And he could even probably be a starting quarterback for some teams. Uh, but uh, uh, And we have a better situation as far as the line goes and, and the people behind uh, Jacoby Brissett than what we did before. But, I, yeah, God forbid that we have to go to that because that's, that's not going to be – a good sign. Let's move on to some other teams. The Saints, so we'll start with you, Ed. The Saints uh, signed a mammoth deal uh, to um, mammoth deal to Michael Thomas, giving him, making him the highest paid wide receiver in NFL history, $100 million, $65 million guaranteed. We talked about money. I'm all for people getting their money, but, I, you know, it, it is what it is. As I, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I got a friend that collects baseball cards, and he has some very – he has one of the original Babe Ruth cards. He has a lot of uh, Mickey Mantle card. He has some cards that are worth a lot of money. I, I, I told him a couple of years ago, I said, you know how much this is worth? He goes, no, it's absolutely worth nothing because I'm not going to ever sell them. So the worth is what people, people spend. So, uh, I, I, you know, just going on your Facebook, I don't want to get into all the details, but I know you bought your son a new, a new car, which is fine. It's great. It's awesome. But you, you paid what you thought was the worth of it. So the Saints – think Michael Thomas is worth $100 million, $65 million guaranteed. Is that a big gamble? Is he worth that much? Well, I, is he worth it? I mean, that's what, like you said, it's worth what it's worth. Worth what he's worth. Um, I say good for Michael Thomas. I, I like when players get the money. It's a tough physical game. Um, you know, so I, I don't, you know, I, is he, I, know, I, I guess no player is really worth that. I mean, you don't want to uh, give him all that money and then see him go down with an injury. It's a big risk, you know, a lot of liability. But like you said, that's what the market dictates. And um, if, if Michael Thomas and the Saints can afford to uh, earn $100 million, then, then so be it. I mean, that's no – shouldn't really shock anybody or uh, phase anybody. I, I mean, that's the price to play a very violent game. And uh, your career could end at any time on any hit. So, I, you know, I think – Good for him. I think as for as far as the Saints go, it, uh, it it eliminates a potential distraction by having him not in camp or uh, being unhappy with uh, what he was making. So uh, now he gets his money. He's happy. The Saints are happy. And now you just cross your fingers and hope he can play in all 16 games and beyond. Um, it's interesting because then you look at the trickle-down effect that that has. And, you know, you have a receiver in Dallas, Amari Cooper, who – uh, is looking for a new contract. He's on the final year of his deal. And, um, you know, what does that do to the Cowboys thinking and Cooper's thinking uh, when you give Michael Thomas that, that kind of money? I don't think Cooper's going to get $100 million, but uh, it certainly gives them a platform that they can refer to and say, well, he's getting that. Uh, you know, I should get X. Uh, and it's going to be very high, a very costly amount of money that they're going to give Cooper. And then they have Dak Prescott who needs a new contract and Ezekiel uh, Elliot is yep, holding yep, out of camp yep. looking for a new deal. So, you know, you look at how this affects, uh, you know, that sort of a situation with Amari Cooper and I'm sure other receivers uh, as well. Um, how does that impact them? I know the Eagles, and you know, they have Alshon Jeffrey on the roster who, you know, next year is going to have a almost a $16 million cap hit for a receiver who will be about 30 years old. And, you know, there's some speculation that this, you know, Jeffrey may not be here next year because of that cap hit number. 
Uh, and maybe he even gets traded this year. I doubt that would happen. But, you know, once these players start getting that kind of money, then you have to look at the ramifications on the rest of your roster. And, you know, Michael Thomas taking up $100 million is going to have a hit and an effect on some other positions on that team where you can't pay some guys what you'd want to pay them. You know, you're absolutely right, man. Mel, what are your thoughts? And then we also talk about the Chargers. The Chargers are looking at a contract with Miles Grant. Uh, when, when the bar is set, the bar is set. It doesn't matter really who sets it. But once that bar is set, it is set. $100 million too much for, for Thomas there down there in the Saints, Mo. Well, I mean, you know, the other thing it does is, is it, uh, you know, it hurts a team if they're looking to have to franchise tag their wide receiver now because that, uh, you know, when you take those averages, that definitely uh, bumps the average up a lot. But, you know, yeah, I mean, like point. I said, you know, it, it, it's it, it, it's it's all about the value and the perception to the team. Does Michael Thomas help that team win football games? And, and is he a guy that fans would be uh, outraged if he was gone? I think so. So I think when you look at it, uh, for the Saints, they did what they had to do, and, and like Ed said, you know, they—it's they, it, not a distraction now because let's be honest, Dallas looks like a mess right now with what's what's going on with Ezekiel Elliott, Jerry Jones saying he's not going to, you know, pay a running back that type, break the bank for a running back, uh, you know, especially for a guy who's got all kinds of off the field issues like Elliott, you're going to have to pay Amari Cooper, like you said, you're going to have to pay Dak Prescott, uh, you know, Dallas is about to be in football salary cap hell, so, uh, you know. The Saints got this deal done early. They got it over with. Everybody's happy, and the Saints know that they, their window is closing quickly with Drew Brees, so they did what they had to do to continue to put the team around him. I don't have an issue with the money. Uh, it'll be interesting, though, to see what guys like Odell Beckham Jr. and uh, you know a, a, a guy the Colts are going to have to pay coming up uh, before too long in T.Y. Hilton to see what kind of money those guys will command then at that point. Well, here's what I predict. The football gods are going to shine down on the Colts, and the Colts are going to uh, meet the Saints in Miami this year. It's already done. It's already said. It's already settled. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Mo, yeah. Mo uh, you know, you, you, you're very familiar with Cameron Meredith, obviously, for covering uh, the Bears. He signs with the Patriots. I have more bigger news with the Patriots. The Patriots uh, quarterback Tom Brady, 42 years old today, uh, one of the longest-running uh, run, if you will, maybe – we talked about Doug Flutie and stuff earlier, but but the, the but the Patriots just keep adding depth. I mean, the Patriots are a thorn in my side as, as a Colts fan. But as I've said before, I'm the first guy to step up and say, "Job well done." And is is we know the story about uh, Drew Bledsoe and Tom Brady. Tom Brady, a young kid from Michigan, to play for Michigan, uh, popped in on the Super Bowl because Drew Bledsoe got injured. I think maybe uh, 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 Kraft and Belichick saw something in a young quarterback that nobody else saw, and he's not looked back since. 42 years old. How much longer do we have to deal with Tom Brady and the New England Patriots? And I mean that with much love. <laughs> I, I, th- I think until Giselle says it's time to come home. I think that's how long Tom Brady's career will last until Giselle says, hey, you've had enough, it's time to come home. That's how long Tom's going to play. I think Tom would play till 50 if given the opportunity or the chance. But, uh, you know, it's it's amazing how they continue just to plug holes every year. It's never really the same roster. They find guys, whether, you know, they've taken other teams, cast-offs, guys that nobody wanted, uh, or, or gotten rid of players that were, you know, uh, a tick before their prime was over and got rid of them at the right time. Belichick continues to pull those strings in the right way. Uh, it definitely hasn't been a franchise without bumps in the road because we've seen those, especially over the last couple of years, reports between Belichick and Brady or, or Kraft and Belichick. So 
it's definitely not have been without its problems, but you can't argue with the success, the success model uh, that this team has put around. They always find guys to plug in those holes, and uh, maybe it's not the prettiest thing in the world to watch when it comes to a football game, but they continue to win and get it done when it counts, especially uh, come playoff time. So he, I, I think Brady uh, plays probably, uh, you know, two or three more years. You would have thought that the right time to retire would have been after winning another Super Bowl, but uh, it doesn't seem like he's slowing down one bit. Yeah, do you have any thoughts on Tom Brady? <laughs> uh, well, I know the Patriots are coming to Philadelphia this year. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see if Brady gets through a whole year. I mean, you know, it, I know he won the Super Bowl last year. He looked kind of slow to get up when he took a when he took a hit. Uh, I know he keeps himself in great shape. So I, you know, I don't know. I think at some point you're going to hit that diminishing returns uh, button. And, and Mo's right. I'm surprised he didn't retire after the. Uh, the Super Bowl, um, but it's tough. It's tough to leave when when you're a competitor and you love that camaraderie and that uh, locker room vibe that you get, uh, the, the roar of the crowd. I mean, that, that's a tough thing to give up, especially when you've had all the success that he's had. Um, but you look at that franchise and the one constant has been coach and quarterback, and when you look around the league, you know, that that's kind of a model I think that other teams would like to emulate. And You know, you look at Freddie Kitchens and Baker Mayfield, can they be, you know, a duo that can stay together uh, for a nice little run of, you know, well, you want to start, you know, maybe five years anyway, but can they can they have that kind of run? Or even like Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz uh, in Philadelphia and, uh, you know, around the league, maybe in Arizona, maybe Kyler Murray and uh, Kingsbury uh, kind of develop that that uh, connection that uh, will have some success. So that that's kind of what I take away from the Patriots is, yeah, they plug in all these extra pieces, but the one – constant has been a Hall of Fame coach and a Hall of Fame quarterback, and uh, you know maybe some other organizations will strive uh, strive for that. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But I just want to circle back real quick, Tom, to the running back uh, situation sure. in, in uh, Indianapolis with Spencer Ware. Sure. I think it's, you know you can't under you can't underrate that. You know you look at guys that are out there like Garrett Blunt and Jay Ajayi, uh, who Frank Reich has familiarity with. Uh, those two guys helped uh, Reich win a Super Bowl in Philly as the offensive coordinator. So. You know, I would expect that if they think they have anything left, those two guys, and I know Ajayi uh, has had the knee issues uh, throughout his career, but he's he's been deemed healthy from what I understand. Uh, but it would be interesting to see if they bring them uh, in for a workout. And then in Philadelphia, they have seven running backs on this roster who I think all of them uh, could be on, a, on, a, on, a, on an NFL roster who aren't going to be. Uh, so maybe the Colts will wait and see what uh, shakes loose, uh, you know, once the cutdowns are made. Um, you know, and I know, like I said, in Philly, they've got seven of them, and they're not going to keep seven. They may keep five, but uh, it could be four, and that's going to shake free, uh, you know, two or three guys that can really help a team. And, and Frank Reich is familiar with Philadelphia, so uh, it's going to be real interesting, I think, to keep an eye on what they do at that spot. No, you're absolutely right. And, and Mo, what, what, chime in on the unspencer where we didn't, we didn't talk much about that, but, but uh, you know, we know Frank like, likes his tight ends, and we just signed another uh, tight end. Jack Doyle obviously is is the beast. He's the workload there. And, and we, we, we saw last year where they really uh, utilized that running back by committee. Uh, and a lot of times that tight end kind of slipped in and filled in for that running back role. Uh, and now that we have a healthy Jack Doyle, fingers crossed that he, he's been prone to injury, so hopefully he, he stays healthy. But I uh, heard him on local radio this week said he feels better than he ever has. Uh, but Spencer Ware going on the pup list was uh, big news for the Colts there, Mo. 
Yeah, but, you know, I think the Colts liked a lot uh, what they saw in Marlon Mack last year, uh, and I think they liked the, the change of pace with, with Hines. And I think you're going to see Paris Campbell be used a lot like Tyreek Hill. Well, you'll, you'll see some, some running plays for him. Uh, you'll see some sweeps and end rounds with Paris Campbell. So I, I think that they're going to use him a lot in that, that way, too, or uh, uh, like a Darren Sproles type, too. So I, I think that while the, the wear uh, loss will be tough, I, I do think the Colts will probably pick up somebody else. But I, I think you'll see, uh, you'll see uh, Paris Campbell maybe pick up some of that load doing some of those things that, uh, that Tyreek Hill or, or Darren Sproles does. Guys, uh, real quickly, while we've got a few more minutes, we'll start with the, with you, Ed. Uh, the Hall of Fame game on Thursday, yeah, we'd like to joke around and say it doesn't mean anything, but it was a preseason game, and it was the first of the preseason games. And, you know, I, I don't know what we learned from there, but one of the things that we saw was the Broncos QB, Drew Locke, really struggled. And, of course, they got uh, the Seahawks coming up. And then the Falcons, you look at their, their quarterback situation, I mean, they may even have a uh, – a backup quarterback controversy because, I mean, that late loss there uh, in the Hall of Fame game to the Broncos uh, may not mean anything in the big scheme of things, but I think it showed us that there's some holes with the Broncos and Drew Locke, maybe he's still got some work to do. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I got to be honest, I didn't see a single snap of that game. I mean, um, I think the Hall of Fame game would hold more uh, lower, uh, if it was maybe the third preseason game where the starters typically play more, um, I don't think either starting quarterback played in that game, Matt Ryan or Joe no, Flacco. They did not. Uh, no, and, they didn't. And you know, but I, I come at it, yeah, I come at it from a different perspective though. You know, I'm I'm every day at the Eagles camp. Now, you know, obviously I'm not going to be there here for a couple of days, but I'm every day at the Eagles camp. I'm watching football every single day in the hot sun for you know two two three hours and talking to players and. You know, when I go home, you know, especially that early of a game, you know, when teams have only been in camp for maybe 10 days, I think they, those two teams might start started camp early because of that Hall of Fame game. But, you know, I, I see enough sloppiness in practice and I see enough football in practice that I don't, I don't feel the need to kind of sit down and watch other teams, you know, third and fourth string players uh, go head-to-head. Uh, you know, I did see the interview with Ed Reed, um, which I thought was terrific. I mean, I was a big fan of Ed Reed when he played. And, uh, he's certainly deserving of a spot in the Hall of Fame, but, uh, you know, I didn't see anything else. And, and But that's just my perspective. I know fans get a little excited about that because, you know, football's back and, uh, and all that. But really, for me, it, it kind of has been back for, you know, about almost, you know, at least 10 days with the Eagles camp. So uh, <laughs> I wasn't as excited to go home and flip on the TV and watch more football. Oh, come on. It's your job, man. Come on. <laughs> I know, I know and, we're gonna... and it'll ramp up once, once the preseason, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm against the preseason, you know, every, everybody's preseason, I think, starts this week, and, you know, the Eagles play the Titans on Thursday night, and I'll be there for that game, um, you know, and I'll be at all four of their preseason games, uh, so, uh, you know, that that's enough preseason football for me, and, and uh, but I'll pay attention, I read, I, I don't need to watch uh, a game. Well, you read, you're doing a lot better than I can do, uh, <laughs> but I will give the final... The final word uh, to you, uh, final thoughts on the – we always say every year the preseason is too long. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But uh, what is your, your final thoughts, words, words of wisdom before we have to wrap it up, put a bowl on it? 
Well, I mean, with Drew Locke that you mentioned, you know, uh, you, you talk about a guy who didn't call a play in a huddle his entire college career, and now he's stepping into the NFL where everybody's bigger, faster, stronger, more talented, and is learning to do something basically from scratch. So, you know, I, I think the kid's got a lot of talent. I think give him some time, and, you know, we'll see a, a pretty decent NFL quarterback, uh, maybe a starter, maybe not. But, uh, you know, he's got, he's got a long way to go just because it, it's a huge difference from, you know, never having the call to play in college, and now you're you're running this entire offense calling the play. So uh, while it was sloppy and, and he looked, uh, you know, messy, I think that uh, he's a guy who has enough talent will, that will continue to improve throughout. So, you know, a year or two from now, we could be talking a much different story. So preseason uh, usually sucks, but at least football is back. Oh, yes, that's right. Can I get any man? Football is back. we got to wrap it up and put a bow on it. i got to get off the show here, and then me and my friend going down to the zoo today. Two adults going to the zoo. Let, that can always end well, right? Uh, I have not seen the, the orangutan uh, exhibit. She wanted to feed giraffes. I'm like, it's 100 degrees outside. Why not? Let's go to the zoo. So we're going to go to the zoo. We bought, got... But, but the uh, uh, the wild adventure thing that allows us to feed the animals and ride the rides, you know, Mo, you're you're familiar with a little local news here in, in Indianapolis. A few years back, that sky ride kept getting caught. How many times did they have to call the fire department to to pull people off of there? So I don't know that we're getting on the sky ride, but we're going to go on a wild adventure. Like I said, I have not seen the orangutan exhibit. It's been there for a few years, so. Hopefully they don't mistake me for an orangutan. Mo, where can people find you working, Masterpiece, sir? Well, just make sure I can tell you one thing. Orangutan poop smells absolutely wonderful in 100-degree heat, so enjoy that. Uh, on Twitter, at Mo Radio Show, where you can find a bunch of other crap as well. All right, sounds good, Mo. Yeah, just have a good day. Uh, Ed, I know you're headed down to, to Birmingham, uh, Alabama, and it is always hot in Alabama. I have to admit, I have been to Birmingham. Not a bad city. It's got its bad parts like every everything else, so I wish the best to you and your, your son. Uh, speaking of zoos, while you're down there, check out the Birmingham Zoo. It really is. I'm a big zoo guy. I like zoos. Everywhere I go, I like to check out the zoo, but the Birmingham Zoo really is top-notch. You should really check it out. Uh, Go ahead, Ed. All right, good tip. Yeah, I, well, I know the Philadelphia Zoo, I think, is the oldest zoo uh, in America, and I've been there uh, a few times, and they've done a lot of upgrades. And, I, yeah, I, I enjoy going to the zoo myself. Uh, but like Mo said, man, make sure you have a clothespin or something to pinch your nose. To, you're going to have some. Uh, you're gonna have an assault on your olfactory system there in some places, I'm sure. I have always wanted to go to the Philadelphia Zoo. I have not been there. That zoo, the San Diego Zoo, the Washington, D.C. Zoo, and the zoo in Central Park are all on my bucket list of zoos to see. So, yeah. we'll, we'll, I've we'll, been to the one in Central Park. When, yeah, that's a good one to see for sure. Um, yeah. I've been there. You know, My son obviously went to school in New York. So, sure. Uh, we, we, we took that in on one of our visits. But uh, as far as where you can find my work, Tom, at Kratzy, K-R-A-C-Z-E, or on the web, www.footballmaven.io slash eagles. Sounds good, and I'll uh, I'll get some pictures up on social media with uh, me and orangutan. Maybe I could do a selfie with an orangutan. <laughs> I would love that. Hey, be careful, man. Those uh, those animals they they, they bite. So you know, oh, they bite. Be yeah, with I've heard. They, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, don't, don't, don't I'll do that. <laughs> uh, all, right. all right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. Have a good day. You got it. You too. Bye bye. Ed Kratz, be right of Philadelphia Eagles. We die we, we digress there. My name is Tom Marcos El Presidente. Thank you so much for joining us and make sure that you follow us on social media.
uh, at T-Balance. And remember, don't trick a drive. It isn't cool. We'll see you next Saturday right here on the Balance Radio Network. Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.